2: Hola, Mark. Como stuff. How you doing, brother? Hey, man. I'm hanging in there. I'm uh, just excited to see the Lieutenant Governor Fetterman has a slight lead in the polls. That means marijuana for all. <laughs> yeah, We're all going to get high. You like <laughs> to get high now. Isn't that funny?
1: It's funny that you would pick up that habit as time go, goes on. You don't like edibles. You're smoking, I assume, or vaping pot.
2: No, I I just like to look at it. I don't actually oh, you cook don't it or consume smell it. it. No, I don't consume it. I just like to look at it. Oh, there's a name for that if you're near high people that you get uh, contact high, I think they call it, if you're near people that are high. Well, I'm not quite that bad. When I first quit smoking regular cigarettes some 40 years ago, I used to hang out in smoke-filled rooms just so I could get the vicarious <laughs> oh, thrill. Yeah, and <laughs> Good for you.
1: Okay. All right, so that's Joe McGranahan. He's advocating for legalized pot for no particular reason
2: other than that. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Bad want, idea, bad idea. You want it highly taxed? Or you don't uh, want it legal at all? No? I, well, I think there's got to be a lot of discussion and a lot more medical study. First of all, before we go do anything like that, oh, the government boy. needs to take it off as a class one drug. Oh, well, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. If they do that and then study it, I'm okay with whatever they find. Okay. Right. <laughs> I follow the science, despite some of you left-leaning people who don't follow it. Oh, really? Yes. Is, is the planet getting warmer? No, no. Just are, say it out loud. No. All right. Well, what what are the um, the men who uh, participate in women's sports? They call they are women. They cl- they claim to be women. Some of transition, but genetically, science says they're still men, right? I guess you could say that. So if we're going to follow but, science, uh, we've got to follow science the whole way up and down the line.
1: Up, up and down, okay. Well, what do you think about my idea of having having a, a women's-only category and a, and no, I didn't come up with it, I'm just advancing it, um, to have a women's category and then the open category?
2: I think that probably makes some sense. You know, that way people can compete and we find out who's, who's best among whatever else is out there. Oh, my gosh. I don't have any problem with that, okay. but I do. I find it interesting that that um, you know everybody's got their knickers in a twist <clears throat> over this legislation being considered in the state house that bans uh, men from participating in women's sports. Mm-hmm. For all these years, we've tried to get equity for women's sports, you know. They have gone on strike uh, in soccer leagues trying to get the same pay that men get and the same bonuses. Right, the often champion women's soccer team in the U.S.
1: finally getting some pay parity with the men who never win.
2: It just doesn't make sense to me then to throw the whole thing out the window and to have the president say that uh, we're hurting Hurting transgender youth. Now, how is that? If they if they want to compete in sports, what stops them from competing with what they were born into? Well, I think you really have two things
1: colliding here. One is an interest to recognize that uh, people don't often uh, wish to to uh, enjoy the gender they've been assigned. So they wish to be transgender and they wish to... Well, that's their trans- choice. Right, exactly. So, and, and that's sort of a human interest and a concern. And the suicide rate against people who can't transition as well as those who do transition. Is still abnormally high, so we got to deal with that. So,
2: what about the suicide but rate of you young women who compete in sports and can't because they're being beaten by people who genetically don't belong in their sport? It's
1: too obscure, but uh, <laughs> hey, it would have to. There's
2: no reason we shouldn't examine that also.
1: But anyway, so the collision is with this idea that uh, being accepted as a transgender is slowly happening in the U.S. and that's okay. But then you have the collision of a biological advantage that belies in the bodies of women who trans. Are yeah, men who transition to women in sports, perhaps having a biological advantage. So you still you, you hope to be fair in all of your decisions that you make related to this. But um, is it fair to the women who compete in that sport? And well, I, I think the preponderance of opinion it, is
2: no. Reverse it. How many transgender um, men? become women, I'm sorry, women become men and compete in men's sports. I don't think there are any, are there? Got to be a reason well, for that. I don't
1: follow it very closely. But, uh, yeah, so you wouldn't have that biological advantage, uh, you know, more strength and flexibility that uh, men have. So, yeah, to be continued, this is it's, not, it's a a not a done it's not going deal. Away. No,
2: it's not going uh, away. Uh,
1: governor Wolf says he's going to veto this particular bill, but uh, um, Lawrence's worthless prediction is we'll have a Republican governor next year and that uh, he most certainly would sign according something. according
2: to the polls. The current, the first poll Oh, I out. thought it
1: was too close to call.
2: Well, it's, it's within the margin for error. Right. But it is, um, uh, Josh Shapiro is ahead of uh, Mastriano well, by a few but points. S- but see, that's not good the news. the margin of error was 4.4 in the right. survey, and it's three point something. Distance,
1: distance apart. apart. But uh, that's not good news for Shapiro. He should be miles ahead of Doug Mastriano because Mastriano is, you know, is such a zealot about everything that he does, you know, arming teachers now and and oh, you know, just all of his opinions about the stolen election and things like that. He should be obscured in the poll as an asterisk, but Why, he's you saying right that with them. Those
2: are not valid opinions that people could hold.
1: Oh, oh, that's exactly what they are. Yeah, they're valid opinions. You can. I, I, I hope some people have the opinion that the election was stolen. That certainly, uh, you know, reveals who they really are. And so that's helpful to people. Well, who are they
2: really then? Well, they're people who believe a lie. <laughs> it's not called the big lie for nothing, Joe. Well, I mean, I could call the Big lie the fact that the election was stolen or wasn't stolen. Right, and, and it's That's about, a big lie. Right,
1: and, and it just means you have to suspend your disbelief and then uh, believe that, you know, President Trump was the greatest president ever, or that he was right about everything, or things like that.
2: Well, I'm surprised to hear you admit that
1: but that he was right. <laughs> he everything. was the greatest president ever, right. There are people he was who believe that, show. He
2: was the greatest president in Dan's lifetime. Dan's told us that <laughs> well, many times. You know. All right. In, well, in his lifetime. But seriously, right. so, when, when you look at this thing, when you look at it from top to bottom, Doug Mastriano has some rather um, far right, I mean, he would probably be what President Biden is now calling ultra-maga. Would you, would yep, you say absolutely. that? Absolutely. And I just, and I think those opinions are all valid, but yeah. I don't
1: think it's realistic to think that you can govern from that far to the right. I mean, you are going to be lording over most Pennsylvanians who don't feel as strongly about all, all of the topics, really. Well,
2: if you take away the penchant that Mr. Mastriano has for some rather far-out positions, um, including, what, didn't he attend some kind of a rally? Well, he held, he organized the oh, Gettysburg okay.
1: rally, if that's what you okay. mean. Okay, well, yeah. Or, they, was it, well, he called it a Senate hearing, but you, but you
2: take that, take it wasn't that off endorsed the table. by the Senate. Take that off the table. And here you have a guy who's a, a military man, a colonel. You don't rise to be a colonel without some smarts. He's got a great resume. Yeah, he's got a great resume. <laughs> I mean, (laughs) And so does Josh Shapiro. You know, on the surface, I would say there are two excellent candidates for governor. But, you know, when you dig down to opinions, Josh Shapiro, he did something very classy the other day. Uh, Some people were organizing, some chefs were organizing a boycott against a product I'm very familiar with, Martin's Potato Rolls. Having spent 11 years in Chambersburg, where I met my lovely bride, uh, I'm very familiar with Martin's Potato Rolls because they're headquartered there. okay, that's the HQ. And because their, their, uh, their president contributed I think a hundred thousand dollars to Mastriano's campaign. All these chefs are boycotting. Uh, these left wing chefs are boycotting Martin's potato rolls. Oh, I don't even think it's
1: left wing. I think it's mid. It's, it's a it's a pretty broad Pennsylvania sweep. We haven't talked about it on this show, but it's it's a big movement.
2: Certainly to ban them, right? And what did what did Mr. Shapiro do? He came out and said, "No, you shouldn't ban them. They're good potato rolls. They're tasty." <laughs> well, so you, I mean, you, I'll give Shapiro credit. I mean, that right. that's, uh, that shows some independence. And some willingness to think outside. Well, the you wax.
1: know, and this relates to things like the you know the Conestoga position that they had on certain things, or the Hobby Lobby position, or Chick Fil A position, uh, or, um, or or Martin's potato rolls. Uh, you just have, How about my pillow? Um, well, that's a little <laughs> bit. He's a little over the top, but I, I guess he technically fits the category of CEOs who are you know certainly zealous in their views, and and sometimes you know leads to. Disagreement with other people who don't share those views, but in any event, uh, yeah, I agree with Shapiro. I I, I, I didn't, I didn't like the boycott. We actually haven't reported on it here at WKOK, okay, and I don't think it's ever come up on the talk show. No, it hasn't. So, uh, I meant to bring it
2: up one day, but we. Um you know, <laughs> well, and you don't like boycotts at all. I don't. I don't. I don't like people saying I'm not going to shop at Hobby Lobby because their their founder is a Christian or believes in well, Christian things. That's thinks. the
1: medical health care abortion coverage.
2: I don't like. I don't like. Or birth control coverage. And sorry. I don't abortion like it co- when it applies to people on the left. I don't like canceling anybody. I'm sorry, but that's just not the way. Which we is function a human condition.
1: Canceling. It's not a right wing thing. That's for well, sure. or I, a left wing thing.
2: Didn't say it was. I right. agree that it came. Both sides can come up with their own cancellations. <laughs> all all right to that end so that's what we're going to talk about today right. folks those
1: seven topics are discussion items that's uh, we're going to focus on those seven topics
2: Seven of them won't. Actually, we're not, because there, we have Congressman you. Muser coming up at 10 o'clock. I think the phrase you're
1: looking, you're looking for is, that's not much of a focus. Mark. No, that's not. That's, Seven that's a
2: broad <laughs> spectrum. Right. But, uh, but it's an open phones day, so the
1: audience can determine where we go. Yep. Congressman Muser calling at 9.06. On the mark, sponsor of the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. We're going to take a quickie break in a moment, and we'll hear from them. But in the meantime, if you'd like to talk about anything we just discussed, whether it is boycotts, the mark, Potato roll idea or Senator Mastriano's ideas as a gubernatorial candidate or polling that shows them fairly close. Or uh, we mentioned that uh, John Fetterman should be, I would think, farther ahead of Oz than he is. So uh, maybe his health issues are having some sort of an impact. Uh, so t- we would love to hear from you on these and other topics. Call us. Now we would mentioned transgender and the idea of an open category for men and transgender women and a women's only category that has absolutely no momentum that I can, that I can detect. Uh, but I heard about that somewhere. So some folks like that one 800 is the telephone number. View, uh, let's hear your views on these topics. You can email us at onthemark at www.dkok.com and text us at
3: 70236. Include the keyword OTM. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area.
1: All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. Talked about the latest poll. Shows uh, John Fetterman slightly ahead of Mamet Oz in the U.S. Senate race. And Josh Shapiro and Doug Mastriano neck and neck uh, within the margin of error, about four percentage points, so really too close to call. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, with only four short months to go before the right. race. Well, I'm sure so. we're going to hear
2: a lot more about it between mm-hmm. now and then. I thought it was interesting, uh, Not we haven't talked about this, in a, a highly contested uh, con- congressional race in Texas for an open seat, uh, guess who won the Republican in a district uh, a republican hispanic in a mm-hmm. district that had been heavily democratic that Joe Biden carried by fourteen points in the last election
1: well and I, yeah, and I think uh, president. Trump's candidate won in blank state this week. Yeah, he had one who lost and one who won. Right. So yeah, th- I think he's had mixed results overall, which is kind of consistent with everyone else's endorsements. You know, people that in, in local areas still look at the local issues and pick a local person that they think is going to represent. I forget who them.
2: said it, but it's true. All politics is local.
1: Right. Well, yeah, this would be true where you know the national outsider has a, has an influence, but it helps Doctor Oz. I think it really helped revive his campaign. For from just being an asterisk behind David McCormick. But
2: uh, we'll see if it helps him to, uh, to well, the Senate, overcome the Fetterman the moment. Senate, the Senate is going to be a key race. There's going to be a lot of money pumped into that. <laughs> a lot yeah, so, of money pumped a lot into of that. of campaigning. One, some,
1: are you seated? Doug Mastriano says he might actually talk to the media to do some oh, interviews. Really? <laughs> now, not with working-class dogs like me. Big medias with whom he feels there's some favorability. And actually, one of his uh, people said uh, the NPR affiliate in Pittsburgh... uh, WPXI. uh, Yes, is one of the places that they may talk to. So... Uh, that would be groundbreaking. He doesn't do media interviews. Wouldn't contact us. Doesn't send you think us anything. Debate?
2: Do you think he will be
1: debating with? Uh, um, yeah, I would think it Shapiro? would be. T- I, I would think he would. I think it'd be to his advantage. He's like you said. You know, take away some of the more extreme remarks or positions. He's pretty satisfactory Republican candidate on those ideas. And he does have a report of some Republicans. Of course, you heard John Gordner said he supports them. And, uh, um, you know, the, the GOP's Kind of carefully swinging behind him, <laughs> trying to see what he says. You know, his remarks the other day about uh, arming teachers I thought were very timely, but a lot of people had super negative remarks to it. But he's talking about training and if, if somebody, and not just tr- is teachers. Is he the one that's proposing
2: 24 hour training as opposed to the extensive training they were supposed to get? Uh,
1: that is an idea that's associated with but this. Not but his. Right. Oh, uh, yes. It is. It it is, is his uh, tw- but it's, it's his idea that the
2: 24 hour part It's
1: real 24 hours. It's not just one days of training, it, right, I it's got an that. actual 24 hours, but, but in any event, um, so you know, I just, I just think it's it's an idea worth considering. Most people say it's cockamamie, like my mandatory carry idea. But um, I just think you know, it's I think it's worth being part of the debate. It's <laughs> like you and marijuana. You don't love it, but you certainly think if we want to come up well, with some great we'll facts and argue it. it, all the better.
2: But you no, know, the, the real maybe one of the one of the real interesting things that's going to come out of this is who are the how much the lieutenant governor candidates on each party are going to help or hurt. Since we don't have, you know, we don't allow our governor candidates to pick their lieutenant governors, they are also they on the ballot. get assigned. Right. So, uh, you know, I don't, even, I, don't either, I don't even know who they I don't even remember
1: are. now. I, if you'd asked me the, on... Uh March 18th I could have told you but' uh, I don't remember. I couldn't
2: have told you March 18th oh, you know, I, well, don't we even, reported I don't it. even remember who I voted for
1: <laughs> we reported it well and I know there, there was I know it was a woman yeah there was a woman candidate that emerged so yes. all right uh, David from Bloomsburg calling us good morning sir you're on the mark thanks for calling in
4: good morning gentlemen you're talking about uh, the poll and the the state of the country first of all when it comes to John Fetterman He's the only center candidate in Pennsylvania and the entire United States who has pointed a loaded shotgun at an innocent black jogger's chest. Uh, for no apparent reason, not true, you know <laughs> yeah you know, well you you know some Santa candidates that haven't pointed a shotgun have also pointed a shotgun in a black jogger's chest
1: no, according to Fetterman, he says he didn't point it at him and it wasn't loaded, but other than that, you're spot
2: on well are you taking Fetterman's oh, according word? To he to would the a police
4: report <laughs> from back in twenty twelve he did point a loaded shotgun at him, and he changed his tune on it. Oh, he when he ran action. for lieutenant governor, he said, and it's in the archives, that he heard about a robbery on the scanner, and he grabbed his shotgun, and as mayor, he felt it was duty to go outside, and he detained the man by pointing a shotgun at his chest. Now, at the debate several months ago, he goes, well, I heard gunshots, so I grabbed my shotgun and ran outside. What white man in any other part of the country, or the state primarily, could get away with pointing a loaded shotgun at a black jogger's chest, who was a man who was innocent of anything and was just jogging through the neighborhood for his exercise. You know, Fetterman even lies about his lie.
2: Well, if it was was a conservative pointing the gun at the chest, you would bet there would be a you and cry that would be resounding thoroughly throughout the state
4: that person would still be in jail for assault because pointing a gun at pennsylvania whether it's loaded or unloaded is aggravated assault doesn't matter whether it's loaded or unloaded that's the way the law reads and they just boohooed it and played it off because he was a liberal politician at the time and they let him go you know and you know he's the darling of the liberal party you know and you know uh, he he doesn't deserve to be elected, nor does he should be elected to the U.S. Senate if that's well, the way it is. And his, was... his his at his attitude towards legalization of all drugs from his comments over the years is that he yeah, cocaine and heroin they should be available to anybody. What kind of person is this? That the liberals want to put into office nationwide.
1: I doubt so that nationwide. he said that all drugs should be legal. We'll have to look that up. No, we'll well, take Well,
4: that was his statements after he was mayor of Braddock, and when he decided to run for really governor. We should have programs so that all drugs, cocaine and heroin, should be available to the general public. You know, that it's just ridiculous. You can arc, check the archives on his stories. And you can argue against them. And our illustrious president, for 14 months, we bought Russian oil, Russian coal, and Russian uranium, devastating our economy. And look where we're at with gas prices now. And it was just a story yesterday that the Department of Agriculture of the Biden administration wants an exemption to import Russian chemical fertilizer because we have a supply-side problem with it in the United States. Norfolk Southern, which is a federally subsidized railroad company, has refused to continue shipping chemical fertilizer from the plants in Georgia and South Carolina. Why are they doing this? Well, they signed a the de facto agreement with China, and now it looks like Russia's going to get We have our own products. It's like if we just pumped our own crude oil, our American prices of, for fuel would go down in 90 days, we wouldn't have this 5.50 a gallon for gas and 6.50 a gallon for diesel. But we just want to ruin this country. We want to, and their term democracy. It almost seems like it's a term, you know, a code word for socialism. We have to have this for the democracy. Well, if you take away socialism, take the word socialism rather, and replace it in their description of demo- for democracy, it sounds like a third world country. What we need to do, it's like what they've done in Central and Southern America, what happened in Russia 40, 50 years ago. You know, it, it, it's a total embarrassment to the world that we have our own reserves, our own capability of taking care of our own country, and we're not doing it. 40, uh, $50 billion of aid to the Ukraine. You know, imagine if that money was spent in the United States for our projects. And you know, we're paying for this. You know, and our illustrious governor wants to take, you know, the money we got from the federal government and just blankly give it away. On the final note, we're coming close to the top of the hour. Do you guys remember the two major pieces of legislation that were supposed to be property tax relief? One was gambling and one was medical marijuana. Right. We've received $100 payment or credit <laughs> in 12 years since that. You know, where is the money? You can't even get an accounting. And our lottery commission is the one that launders the money for a fee. Because all the medical (laughs) marijuana money, goes down to the lottery commission by armored vehicle, goes in the back door through the secure area, is counted, you know, basically washed. And then after their proceeds or their percentage is taken away, it's wired back to the distributors. You know, nobody will give you an accounting of where that money is. You know, it, it's ridiculous. You know, you have Congressman Muser who's in there fighting the fight every day for America. You know, and it's like they just say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, these are the facts. You know, we bought Russian oil. Now we're going to buy Russian, Russian coal and Russian uranium. And, and coal now is going to $300 a ton July 1st because the EPA is not renewing mining permits that have been in effect for years but if you had a lithium mine they give you subsidy for it david a let, me ask you a qu-
2: let me ask you a question you're from bloomsburg have you brought up this issue of this money disappearing with uh, senator gordner
4: yes i have sent sent it to him and what does he say we started looking into it before the pandemic and we got percentages listed back from from the state but it wasn't a dollar amount. And then pandemic came and nobody, nobody was there to answer any questions. So uh, uh, Senator Gordon and State Representative Dave Millard, who's did a fabulous job and is retiring now, they sent in requests and they, they showed me the things. They said, it's not that the dollar amount, it's only a percentage amount. So where has the money gone? And every time you talk to them about it to try and get a little more definition of the money allotment. Don't micromanage us as a standard thing. You know, this is what they're telling our senators and our representatives. You know, where is all the money? You know, all the money that we got from the federal government is sitting in money market accounts, getting these funds, getting additional interest, and they won't give any accounting of where the interest is being spent or what pet projects. Just like Governor Wolf for years wants an extraction tax on Marcellus Shale, and in a speech, and they recorded it, he says, Once I get my extraction tax, the school districts of Philadelphia, Harrisburg, and Pittsburgh will have no further need for asking for money, because I'll have all the money I need to give to them. You know, the fees they pay the local areas up there, the roads are beautiful where these uh, wells have been sunk. You know, the roads are fine, the, the infrastructure is good, but our typical liberal government of take, take, and take. I know better than what you want to. And that's the attitude uh, Biden is carrying for him. And all these politicians like Shapiro and Federman. All right. You now, if you look at the election results, one last thing about Shapiro. He was losing on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday of election in, 20, in November of 2020. And almost within a thousand votes, it has switched, switched just like Biden did. After the ballot harvesting in the Philadelphia Convention Center and some of the other ones, so he was went from a loser to a winner, just like Biden did. You know, after the Republican monitors were not allowed into the convention center, the court order was not enforced by the Philadelphia Sheriff's Department. So and right. when Mastriano,
1: well, we got to stop you there. We're sure just about out of time.
4: says something that there's a lot of con- uh, collusion. He's not wrong. There
1: has been. All right, we've got to stop you. Uh, David, send us your information, if you would, via email about uh, Fetterman supporting legalizing heroin and cocaine. He says that's false. He doesn't support legalizing other drugs, just pot. But i got to hear your info if you say waffle on that and you got the evidence. So send it to us, if you would, please.
4: Alrighty, gentlemen. Thank,
1: Thank you, you so much. All right, 1 800 795 9565. Write it down. we got Congressman Muser up next. This is WKOK Sunbury.
0: Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan.
1: Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show. On the mark, I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. McGranahan <laughs> is here. Good conservative, natural born listener, and his favorite uh, disparaging remark is to be called Papa at the dinner table. What else do your grandsons tell you to do sometimes? Or? No, they just make reference to my lack of hair. Oh, I see. Okay. That's like, pen. that's endemic around here. Love so. them dearly. Bob. All right. Lynn Hall is our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass, so we definitely appreciate that. We have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to U.S. Congressman Dan Muser, a Republican in the 109th District out of Dallas, Pennsylvania, and uh, he's on the line now, sir. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, Dan.
5: Good morning. Good morning to
6: you both, Mark and Joe. Good morning to all you listeners. Well, thank so, you The so last much. time
2: you were on, I asked you a question about Dr. Oz, and you pointed out that President Trump, like a broken clock, got some things right twice a day, but that he was wrong in supporting uh, no, Oz. I got some things wrong twice right. a day. So now Oz is our nominee. How do you feel about him now? Can you get behind him?
5: Yeah, well, yes, certainly I was supporting uh, Dave McCormick. Uh, Dave's a tremendous uh, person and I think uh, would have been a great uh, U.S. senator from Pennsylvania. Uh, I've I've since spoken to Dr. Oz a couple of times. I was very impressed. I had met him during the course of the campaign. Um, He uh, has uh, humility. Uh, He has uh, dedication. I think he's a patriot. Uh, and I think he's going to win, and I think he's going to serve the Commonwealth uh, extremely well in the U.S. Senate.
2: Well, that's—I'm glad to hear you say that. But the last time we talked, I asked you if uh, Doug Mastriano was electable, and you—you you felt he was. Uh, he's now a little bit behind in the polls. How do you see the governor's race shaping up in the fall?
5: Well, look, uh, Pennsylvania has been on the wrong path under Tom Wolf, uh, from our freedoms to. Law and order to Philadelphia turning into uh, the, the the homicide capital of the of the world to our economy being lackluster at best um, we're we're just not we're just not exciting uh, Texas Florida heck even Georgia Indiana for that matter is where is where companies are moving uh, Arizona Colorado and so we need another a new direction. And I'm looking for uh, a plan from uh, from Doug, Doug Mastriano. Uh, I'm certainly going to be supporting him over over Josh Shapiro. I mean, Josh, you know, it's like if you, if, if you like Tom Wolf, you're going to love Josh Shapiro. Um, he's he's kind of um, you know Wolf on steroids, if you will. So so you know, big government, no respect for the private sector, and um, doesn't understand what I think is basic economics, which is uh, help companies. And businesses thrive, and that's what creates revenues. I was revenue secretary; I know something about that, and and um, improves quality of life. So we need we need an exciting plan for Pennsylvania. And I'm hoping uh, the uh, the next governor has one and and executes it well.
1: Let's move on to some Washington, D.C. topics. The January 6th committee, you've already said that you have no faith in them, in part because it's so one-sided. And as we saw in the hearings, it's really uh, uh, definitely targeting President Trump without really any significant objectivity that I detected. Uh, Your view lately on these public hearings that they're having, and each one kind of hones in on a particular aspect, either the big lie or the president's uh, uh, henchmen surrounding him at the White House, encouraging him to do the wrong thing. Uh, your view on these hearings lately?
5: Well, yeah, like like you said, I mean, we discussed before the the idea of the commission started okay, and then it quickly changed. Uh, the chairman, who's a uh, Democrat, changed one word from his, uh, his... Prior to this, he needed consent from his co-chair, which would have been a Republican, and they changed that word to advise... So right away, uh, uh, the Democrats were going to be in charge. Uh, They refused um, two of our committee members, um, Jim Jordan and Jim Banks. Uh, They replaced them with the two Republicans that hated President Trump uh, 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 the most um, and to no end, like like their lives depend upon it. Um, imagine, Imagine market jury selection where one attorney gets to choose... The jury that hates the defendant passionately. (laughs) I think I've had that happen.
1: No, Okay, can anything good come out of January 6th? We're going to do a lot of investigating. We're going to hear a lot of testimony. We're kind of finding where everybody stands on this. Uh, Can anything good come out of it? Maybe some positive election changes?
5: Uh, You know, I don't know. I mean, right now it, it appears to be just a hunt to find who said what to Donald Trump And how he acted upon it Not once does it come up About the security of the Capitol And here, the police report The Capitol Police uh, record Finally came out Just so you and your listeners know On January 2nd The Trump administration's Department of Defense Called the Capitol Police And said, are you going to have added security? Should we call the National Guard? The Capitol Police on January 2nd uh, Said, no, we, uh, we don't think so But on January 4th the Capitol Police called the sergeant of arms In the, the U.S. Capitol That reports to Nancy Pelosi And said Maybe we should have the National Guard there and the, and the sergeant of arms said No, that's not going to be necessary You know, I'd like to see If this thing's supposed to be balanced I'd like to see that discussion uh, Take place and, um, and, and it not just be Just uh, uh, doing everything they, they can to disparage uh, Trump Look, there is no question that that rally should have been called off. Okay, I had enough anecdotal uh, intelligence that that uh, where I told my staff not to come in that day. I was certainly on the House floor. I was there when mayhem was taking place, and a number of m- maniacs were smashing their way in, into the House floor as as we were blocking uh, the door with with benches and and, and all. So it was an ugly day, it was a bad day, it was a terrible mark on our, on our history. Um, but if they, 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 you know, this thing is, is quite political, meaning this commission, and sure, I, we'd all like to know what was the cause, what happened, how, was, how do we miss all of this so it doesn't happen again.
2: Let's uh, move to the next really hot topic, which is the potential uh, ruling by the Supreme Court on Roe v. Wade. Um, Recently, the Congress did enact over the votes of 27 negative votes from Democrats uh, to provide protection for the families of the Supreme Court justices. You know, where do you see this going? Uh, If we do wind up getting a a verdict on that uh, issue that displeases those on the left, do you think we'll have a summer of discontent?
5: Well, you know what? I wonder what a summer of discontent means to the left. That means burning, burning cities and, and torching police cars uh, and getting in and police officers' spaces and spitting at them like we saw like we saw uh, uh, a couple of summers ago. was it last summer? So So look, the Supreme Court rules on, on constitutionality. Let's see what the ruling was. We know that there was a, a leak for the purpose of creating uh, this hysteria, uh, and messaging and, you know, how horrible the Republicans are. Look, I, I am pro-life. I, I, however, respect the Constitution and respect those that we work for, those that we represent, uh, all of those that we represent, Republicans and Democrats. So we do have law and order. Uh, we, we can handle this with dignity. We need to see, and civility, we need to see what the actual ruling is going to be. And work on work on the um, the framework of how that's going to be handled moving forward. You know, a lot of this is is brought on by by the Democrats themselves. You know, we we had a petition not too long ago, and they've just gotten so extreme on this. Where where we had a petition that would against petitioning against live birth abortions. Okay, you heard me right, live birth abortions, and the Democrats had one member one member of the entire over over well over 200 uh, of my colleagues on the Democrat side would not sign a petition against live birth abortions so you know you know I don't think the American public supports that so we're going to uh, we're going to see where this goes and and, and settle it in, in a manner Uh, that that should be acceptable to our Constitution, to law and order, and to people's health protections moving
2: forward. Well, of course, if the Supreme Court does come down on it, it's still just an opinion based on existing legislation. Is there any chance that that we will ever get some kind of legislation that passes both houses of Congress and is signed by the President that deals with this in some kind of an effective way?
5: I, I, you know what? I, I doubt it on a, on a federal level. I mean, it's not impossible. Not, not nothing seems to be, but there's a lot to be said for giving state rights. I mean, the Tenth Amendment. I mean, states the states uh, uh, should be those that handle uh, laws and anything that's not within the purview of the United States Constitution. That's what the Tenth Amendment says, and it's and it's a, it's a pretty smart amendment. So it would become under the jurisdiction of the state.
1: All right, let's move on to the, uh, pro- it's just a framework or a conversation now about uh, changes in gun laws that might make us safer, red flag laws, age limit proposal, all this is kind of being drafted now. Your view on the on examining these ideas when they get to your desk.
5: Well, I'll tell you what, um, we were all um, aghast at what occurred, right, in Buffalo and in Uvalde. And, um, I, you know, there's no question You have to think, you know uh, it, Could someone I love Could this happen in our communities uh, Because certainly people were massacred uh, That many people love So it's. It's. I think it's smart to look at the causes here And do our very best to uh, stop them Within the, again, the confines of the U.S. Constitution Which I took an oath uh, to uphold so we do have mental illness issues. Uh, we do have school protection issues. Um, we have uh, w- w- there are things where there's um, uh, juvenile backgrounds that should be reviewed. I mean, if if a juvenile uh, committed all kinds of violent crimes when they were 16, I don't see why that should not sh- uh, uh, show up on on the um, uh, uh, on, on the next, uh, on on the NICS program uh, in the back, you know, the background checks for, for purchasing firearms. Um, So, you know, it's a lot of the Senate framework deals with mental illness. In fact, I think this is far more than a gun bill. It's a mental illness, uh, violence prevention and school protection bill, uh, because that's, that's what it deals with. There, There are no added prohibitions on, on firearms. Uh, in in this bill. So there's a lot of it that I I think is on the right track. Uh, The devil's in the details. Uh, The idea of early intervention, if if, um, they've narrowed it quite a bit, where it's only a family member, a police officer, or a health professional uh, can alert the uh, the authorities that someone is saying or doing something online or in general that they're going to harm themselves or someone else. And then an intervention could take place, as is written in this in this framework. Again, we got to see the details, and then um, due process must must take place in order to um, in, in order to take any action. Real due process in front of a judge. So again, I I don't know uh, where I will will come down on, on on this as far as voting goes. We must see all the context. Um, but it does address mental illness, school protection, violence prevention, and it has, no, it has no knee-jerk reaction in it to just trying to ban certain firearms, which, uh, frankly, I mean, you know, the Democrats come, come across as just foolish, ridiculous, and, and don't even do their homework on some of the hearings that took place. Right. When they speak of banning certain weapons,
1: just about out of time. So I want to. We have two questions left. One: How do we balance free speech versus U.S. Supreme Court justice security? You're going to get a chance to vote on that before too long.
5: Yeah, well, you know, the justices and their families must have protection. Um, we there is a law on the books right now that you cannot uh, uh, march on, persuade, uh, or uh, or affect the lives of, of, of judges for the purpose of, of changing their point of view that's on the books and that's not being enforced so you know even going back to the uh, the firearms issue I mean we should just be looking to enforce the laws that are on the books you know we've got we've got dozens dozens hundreds of, of fatalities taking place in cities and be, because the laws aren't being enforced the back to this issue yeah I certainly plan to vote. To provide added protection for justices under uh, this situation and their families, it's it's absolutely outrageous that Nancy Pelosi has let it go this far. I mean, it passed by unanimous unanimous consent in the um, uh, in in the Senate, and and, and she let it go for, for several days, which we we finally passed. So, you know, um, look, any 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 level of, of violence and breaking the law should be must be dealt with swiftly and we very sadly are dealing with smash and grabs we're dealing with just people more or less doing whatever they want primarily in, in in cities and uh we need to we need to strengthen our police force we need to support our police force and we got we got to put a stop to this
2: Amen. Dan, last question. President Biden on Tuesday of this week yelled, I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. What? Well, they are changing people's lives with record high inflation, gas prices, food reckless prices. Spending. I mean, they're driving people into bankruptcy. So how about some of, spreading some of those lies about reckless spending? What impact is that having on this inflation as far as you're concerned?
5: Yeah, it's terrible. It, it certainly uh, contributes to it. It just adds fuel to the fire. Look, we have some challenging economic issues, uh, but everything the Biden administration did, and far too many Democrats in the House and Senate uh, supported, have, have exacerbated uh, in inflation, probably probably doubled it. It would probably be, we'd have some, but it would be, in my view, about half. And, and, and how about the lack of courage that the president constantly shows? I mean, doesn't he know that that's so transparent when I mean, he's just pointing fingers and blaming I mean, it's outrageous. I mean, he wrote a letter yesterday to the energy industry blaming them for price gouging and, and, and everything else. I mean, it's just awful without offering any sort of not listening to them at all or what the plan can be to bring down uh, the, 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 the cost of, uh, of energy. And that is his ridiculous plan is, number one, to blame the Fed. And the Fed deserves some responsibility. Let's, let's, say, let's say a good 25%. I mean, the Fed's the Fed is the, is the has the mandate of controlling inflation, but they can't control things that are out of their control, like Biden's assault on our domestic energy industry and the trillions of dollars of excessive spending that took place. That's not something that the Fed Fed could control. So he's he's, he's very tone deaf, um, just following like a woke woke policy of blaming the Fed. Releasing uh, uh, oil out of our out of our reserves, uh, blaming the oil industry for price gouging, and he's going to fix it all. Wait for it by raising taxes on business. I mean, look, you know, there's no wonder his approval rating is uh, at 25 percent or 27 percent, whatever it is.
1: Uh, anything you'd like to add? We didn't ask you any remark or anything you'd like to add to our contrib- our conversation.
5: Well, I just so everybody knows what we're working on. I mean, clearly, you know, inflation, uh, and clearly, uh, trying to revive our, our domestic energy. You know, they're, they're looking at Saudi Arabia rather than rather than Williamsport. They're, they're, they're looking at at at, at uh, 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 Iraq and Iran for crying out loud, rather than the Marcella Shell and Bradford. So that that that's pretty outrageous. And I'll also just add quickly: people need not. We can't forget about what's going on in the Ukraine. Um, I know we have our southern border issues, and, and that's so critical to us to stop this terrible flow of drugs and, and human traffic and, and people. And again, that's something created, created by by the Biden administration and supported by far too many Democrats in the House that need to be voted out, even if you like them that's, as as a person business is business. They're voting and advocating for things that are hurting our economy and our national security. But just real quick on the Ukraine, what's happening there is is devastating. i I met all week every day with with refugees, with uh, uh, parliamentary members. I had two meetings yesterday, and the atrocities that have taken place by the Russians are absolutely sickening, um, and they're not relenting, and uh, we we just need to continue to support freedom over tyranny.
3: All
1: right, we got you. Thank you so much for calling in. Come and visit us in person when you're in this part of your territory. We'd love to have you back in the studio. You're always
2: welcome, sir. Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate you guys. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Joe, for the opportunity.
1: Take care. Uh, U.S. Congressman Dan Muser, 109th District out of Dallas, Pennsylvania, on uh, some of the hot topics uh, today. We will take a quick break, but when we come back, we'd love to hear from you. You can comment on the observations he had to contribute to our show today, uh, his uh, viewpoint on some of these important topics so uh, very willing to listen to the uh Common sense changes in laws that might make us safer. So you're going to be hearing a lot of that conversation in the year ahead. So uh, some folks glad to hear that. You are listening to On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 to 15 Hummels Wharf. Find out lots more about them at sunburymotors.com. The Sunbury Motor Company is uh, selling the Ford F-150. they got a couple of brand-new ones on the lot, and they got a truck coming in with at least three on them uh, coming up. So, what's the F one fifty? Well, the twenty twenty two F one fifty sale prices are basic. Well, they're all less than sixty thousand dollars, but you can get them right around fifty or so, and some are forty some. But uh, they got some great functions you might not know about. The auto hold that means every time you put on the brakes and come to a stop, the vehicle stays stopped. It doesn't drift forward, doesn't drift back. And that's when the auto start stop kicks in. If you are in a position where the engine can turn off without running, uh, you know, without hurting your air conditioning or uh, whatever else you're doing in the vehicle, the engine turns turns. off. That's what helps you get that gasoline mileage. 24 on the highway is what they list, but you can pump it up to 30 miles per gallon or so if you're uh, driving from exit to exit on the interstate. City driving in the F-150, the 22 version, is 19 miles per gallon. Uh, There are some folks with older F-150s, they couldn't get 19 miles per gallon if they were on a treadmill. So uh, it is just a fabulous vehicle. Get the V6 EcoBoost. That's what this particular one is. It's that antimatter blue that uh, Joe truck's going to be when it gets here, has dark slate cloth interior, moonroof, sliding rear window, just a fantastic vehicle, has a telescoping steering column, and it also has telescoping pedals, so those pedals rise up to meet you so that you are so comfortable in that vehicle. And oh, oh, did I mention the leather? Yeah, okay. So the Sunbury Motor Company, F-150, down on the lot just waiting for you, uh, but they have a dozen other vehicles who will be here in the months ahead, and you can select from one of those at the... Sunbury Motor Company. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. One of our listeners, uh, we have two short notes. One says, the big lie Mark's talk about is that there was a secure election in 2020. (laughs) It was anything but secure. In upper right-hand corner, Joe?
2: One of our texters says, our emailer says, if Roe gets overturned, the summer of Floyd will be Mild in comparison, the Democrats are violent. They always have been.
1: Yeah, they, look what Democrats did on January six. Uh, oh, oh yeah, they were out oh, of control. Wait, they were on the sidelines watching or evacuating. Yeah, okay. To be continued. One 795-9565.
3: There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area.
1: All right, welcome back. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at on the dot com. Text us at seven zero two three six. Include the keyword OTM. I got to do some very brief news headlines. Uh, just a couple sentences. Work is underway on the Fibre Dam repair project. They're still sticking with that August estimate for inflation of the repair dams, but we have a full update at wkok. dot com. As you heard, Trib live reporting on polling released Tuesday, showing Democrat John Fetterman with an early advantage over. Republican Mamet Oz in Pennsylvania's U.S. Senate rate, while Democrat Josh Shapiro and Republican Doug Mastriano are locked in a very tight race for governor. The uh, All right, just one other story. Uh, there was a lot of schadenfreude for it on our Facebook page yesterday. Anthony Fauci, the very guy who urged us to wear a mask, get vaccinated, socially distance, and not get the disease, now tests positive for COVID-19. The America's top scientist says he's currently experiencing mild Whoa, symptoms. Brother,
2: America's top scientist. Wow! Oh,
1: wow, well, it's a CBS. Okay, okay. Fauci's course—that's eight. wow, original he's Eighty-one, isn't that something? He's like you; he just won't quit. Uh, <laughs> fully vaxxed and double boosted, says he's probably. So, oh, so he says he's probably not too worried. Well, either are or aren't. Right, <laughs> who who or do we other. ask if not you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for patiently waiting through all of this. You're on the mark.
6: Yeah, I, I just. Uh Tuned in there while you were uh, doing your synopsis of uh, Dan users conversation, and I have to say uh, right now, uh, for what you said, it sounds like he's, uh, willing to do some, you know, reasonable things, but I'm sure that'll never be enough for the uh, the people on the left, and that, that's just my opinion.
1: And too much that's for just, people on the right. <laughs> it's kind of like
6: well, that, that's possible. Too, yeah, that. there's a big impact. I want to think, you see, with your your comment about, you know whenever we talk about violence, you always want to bring up January 6th. But I mean, if you go down the long list of uh, radical violence, I, I'm sure you can point out some on the, uh, the, the right, but there's been an awful lot through the years of radical violence on the left. And I mean, just, you know, we don't have to go over this, but look at the, what happened in the streets because people didn't like Donald Trump and they were all wound up over whatever the media was pushing on that particular day. A lot of people died, a lot of buildings, public destruction. And, you know, so just keep bringing up one instance. And I'm not downplaying what happened uh, on January 6th. But in my mind, I think people knew that was coming, and I believe they let that happen. Uh,
1: And my only point is that, you know, violence is a human condition. It is not owned by Democrats. It is not owned by Republicans. If you went through history, as you suggested, I think you would find that radical conservatives have caused a lot of damage or white supremacist groups or, or violent far right groups have caused just as much destruction and death as far left groups or Antifa or whomever else, you know, might have might be doing it. Violence is an extremist uh, participant's, you know, outcome, and it's it's human. It's it's just not Republican or Democrat. I don't think
2: violence is human. I think violence is a product of warped thinking.
1: Well, whatever. But I just think it's it's a human condition for people to get I so zealous that they get, get out of can't defeat your arguments punching your
2: mouth. You know that that's not exactly reasoning, is it, Mike?
6: Yes. Now think about think about. Uh, I want to actually move on to what I. Uh, originally called about, but who just threatened a uh, Supreme Court just conservative justice? I don't think that was the right winger, but anyway, what I called about Didn't somebody threatened to
1: to- Sotomayor last year. It was not it covered as much as uh, Justice Kavanaugh's uh, threatener and attacker, but uh, she was attacked last year. But attacked. A- uh, verbally, and I think somebody planned to hurt her, but was stopped in, in, in advance. Something like I, I don't even remember.
6: Is it, it an investigation? Did they arrest anybody?
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, you, you you go on with what you want to talk about. I'll look it up.
6: Okay. Okay, so here's the thing. I've been listening to the president uh, blame inflation on every new thing that he can come up with. And then finally, he's spreading the oil companies with, you know, essentially a nationalism of, of the oil companies. I mean, when you get right down to it, he wants to tell them how much they can uh, make, how much they can sell their product for, blah, blah, blah. That's that's not that's not capital. Now, if you look at what has happened over the last few years, experts after expert called this inflationary thing was going to happen. And the, and the main reason that they cite was the Fed's expansion of their balance sheet which basically means they're buying bonds that ordinarily wouldn't have been bought at low rates, which pumped more money into the uh, system, which created uh, demand. And then all of the things that happened with uh, the stimulus checks here and there, paying people more to stay home than go to work, all that stuff created more demand. And, and, and again, supply chains weren't ready for it. And it has just continued to snowball because we have an administration that's basically doing everything the wrong way when it comes to energy. The American Petroleum Institute published 10 things. You know, Biden says he'd like to work with them. Well, they have published 10 things that needs to be done, and I don't hear anybody on any of the mainstream media specifically talking about the things that we could do right now to lower the price of oil, which is driving uh, much of the inflation, as this administration will even admit. So, Mike, I
2: think, though,
6: those, I, I think
2: those crossed in the mail, didn't they? I mean, that, that the Petroleum Institute's recommendations just came out yesterday or the day before. Uh, they may have crossed in the mail with the President's letter. At least that's the yeah. way I heard it reported this morning.
6: Well, let, let's say that that is the case. And I'm sure you heard it reported on a, I would say, a conservative station. Mm-hmm. Like but, but the reality is, Fox. they are furnishing the silver bullet. The silver bullet. And to me, that's as big a news as anything else because the number one thing that I know people are complaining about is the price of gas. Okay? Right. Now, if you take public transportation supplied by the taxpayers and the government, you're not too worried about the price of gas. But showing up in your food... and. And then, and, and, you know, it, as far as the food's concerned, and this is absolutely the last uh, topic I'll bring up, if you look around in your grocery stores, you're seeing people that have just moved into this area with grocery, grocery carts full of chicken and often sometimes beef and all the stuff that goes with that. And that is creating, bringing millions of people in is creating a demand. And we have a president that keeps talking about the supply chain. He is stressing the supply chain on every level. And so, you know, it goes back to what I had to say before. You look behind every Democrat narrative and at best you'll find misinformation (laughs) Generally
1: speaking, you'll find a lie. you find a lie. Yeah, that's also a human condition. But that's another topic. Yeah, I found a clipping. It's a New Jersey federal judge whose son was killed by a deranged lawyer last year revealed that the assailant was also keeping tabs on U.S. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. FBI agents found a dossier on Sotomayor in a locker belonging to the lawyer Roy Den Hollander uh, that uh, U.S. District Judge Esther Salas told 60 Minutes in an interview that aired Sunday. Quote, they found a gun, a Glock, and more ammunition. The most troubling thing they found was a manila folder and a workup on Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Salas said in the CBS News program, authorities said Hollander was an anti-feminist race hate spouting Manhattan lawyer posed as a FedEx delivery person on the July 19th ambush on Salas, New Brunswick home. The crazed attorney gunned down Salas' 20-year-old son Daniel Alderi and badly wounded her husband Mark Alderi. Dairy, and this was from Fox News. But he was
2: keeping tabs on. That's not the same as attacking right, right, or right, threatening. Yeah. I, I just remember
1: that her name came up in some sort of an incident a year ago. So this is February of last year via foxnews.com. And, of course,
2: they refer to that guy as, what, deranged. Well, How yeah, they Fox... refer to the guy that wanted to shoot uh, <laughs> Justice Kavanaugh? Probably about the same. No, well, I, would... I don't think so. <laughs> oh, okay. What, what would be oh, the right oh, adjective? Deranged, so, but yeah. I haven't heard that I word think used.
6: Think I heard them say he was a far left wing. Uh, Democrat, and, and that's, that's the way he was described on the MSNBC. Can you oh, believe okay. that?
2: Well, I believe anything you tell me about MSNBC.
6: <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, a, there's absolutely no way. I mean, I'm always called a right-winger, extreme, uh, 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 extreme right-wing, but, you know, I've, it's seldom, and that's commonly loose, right-wing. Right-wing is always used in the mainstream media, but you'll never hear them say, the left-wing. The left-wing is a Democrat, uh, part yeah, I think they call them like progressives. I don't
2: know. What, they call them progressives. Progressive.
6: Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> you can be on the far left and you're progressive, which has a nice sound to it. Sure, everybody likes progress.
2: You know, doesn't sound threatening. It sounds like, hey, these are the sharpest people in the room. Yeah. Whereas they We're call conservatives, call
6: your streets <laughs> and burn down your buildings tonight. Right. That's the kind of progress some of them do.
1: Yeah, Fox doesn't attribute any adjectives, in in one of their stories anyway, to the man that was arrested outside Kavanaugh's home. They just said what he did and what he was carrying and so on, but they don't have a description like they did. But I think the the article that was talking about Sotomayor was written a month later, and this this article is just a couple days old. I think they kind of stepped up the adjectives as time went on.
2: Right. All right, to be this, continued thank you Mike Thanks they didn't for calling use the in. word didn't use the word deranged as they did with the conservatives so you think fox <laughs> is covering up for him no I think deranged you know all these words are, are inflammatory and, and I understand them from the standpoint that somebody who would go after uh, a, a sitting United States Supreme Court judge and have in his possession handcuffs zip ties what else a butcher knife what else did the guy have he had a ton of stuff right. pepper he, spray yeah he was ready. you know the, the word deranged would seem to apply, wouldn't it? Right. So why won't Fox use it? Why won't the others use it? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know. Maybe because they don't use adjectives they used in journalism. It,
2: AP used it in describing the story you read. Wasn't that an AP quote? No, it's all
1: both. Both were from Fox.
2: No, no, the one where they used the word deranged. That was Fox. That was Fox? Okay. But uh, like I said, it was a month later. The
1: deranged attorney. Right. So they're kind of summarizing what happened, whereas in this case, they're just recounting the incident. All right. To be continued, we'll take another break. Call us now, (laughs) 1-800-795-9565. But he saw the light. eh? He saw the light. All right. 1-800-795-9565. One of our good listeners sent us the 10 points by the uh, conservative uh, American Petroleum Petroleum Institute, 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 uh, but they have some ideas for President Biden. Certainly all should be discussed,
2: I would think. Yeah, one of them. Well, let's just run down the headlines of them. Lift development restrictions on federal lands and waters. Designate critical energy infrastructure projects. Fix the NEPA permitting process. That would make sense. Accelerate LNG exports and approval approve pending LNG applications, that's the Natural Gas Act, by the way, unlock investment and access to capital, dismantle supply chain bottlenecks, advance lower carbon energy tax provisions, project or protect, rather, competition in the use of refining technologies, and permitting obstruction on natural gas projects, advance the energy workforce of the future." Those are the recommendations.
1: Right. What's our listener's second paragraph? They say former Senator, President, uh, former Senator, President Biden's special envoy for climate, John Kerry. Yeah, your word order's funny here. Anyway, (laughs) refutes each step of the plan and argues we do not need to adopt. Any of these steps? Of course not, because we're getting what they want: high well, price of gas, yeah, trying to force Europe.
2: you into an electric vehicle. But uh, why do Why do you think Democrats want higher gasoline prices? To advance their agenda, they want us all to be gagging. Yeah, over but they're high all going to get voted out of office. <laughs> well, in the fall. but I don't think that matters to them if they get their agenda okay. passed. I, I, don't think, I don't think that's true. But anyway, go ahead. Then we, this one's addressed to Dear Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> right, we talked about this when it came in on Monday, but we never got never to it. got to it. So said, with all the turmoil, doom and gloom and media hype going on, I have noticed an increase in your callers referencing Bible quotes. I reminded you of your self-imposed rule regarding the use of religious doctrine on your show. To assist you in enforcing this rule, I suggest you read the following disclaimer at the conclusion of each call that strays into religious territory. Well, our, our issue is proselytizing is what right. we stop. Just blatantly calling
1: in and say, oh my god, I have an open mic. Hey, have you thought about your Lord and Savior today? Right, and, and but your church
2: is the great whore of Babylon. Oh, right. Who oh, no, knows your church? Buddy. <laughs> My church is Don't right. Look at me with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, religious freedom means you can practice any religion you want or not at all. Religious freedom doesn't mean you can use your beliefs to dictate what others can and cannot do. Your religion guides your religion guides you, not all of us. It's as simple as that. And from an occasional Episcopalian, a.k.a. Catholic light, all the rituals with one half the guilt. <laughs> all right. And, and the incense. you got the incense
1: without the guilt. Right. Episcopalians have it all. Uh, Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in.
7: Good morning. Uh, Joe just said something about they want high gas prices to force everyone into electric cars. Is that what I heard you say, Joe? Yep. I agree with you.
2: Okay. Thanks, All Dan. Right. Have a nice day.
7: <laughs> but, uh, now, if anybody wants to look up, there's a TED Talk. I think it's Ted uh, San Antonio. That's out of Texas. A guy got up there. and was talking about electric cars and the and, 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 uh, carbon footprint that they put out. And he had graphs, charts and graphs. Now, he is a supporter of electric cars, okay? But he says their technology is not there yet mm-hmm. to to force everyone into them. The carbon footprint of an electric car is higher than a normal uh,
1: gas-powered gas
7: vehicle, okay? Oh, and it takes, you have to drive it like, I don't know, 200 and some thousand miles before you even come close to zeroing out. The carbon foot, you know, the carbon, uh, the CO two that of uh, it footprint. So you know, it's out there. It's on YouTube. I watched it last night. It's pretty interesting. You know, he's not for or against, it. he's not against the fossil fuels. You know, sure, he'd like to see them go away because he thinks it's better for the environment. But the way they're measuring things and the way they're feeding this, you know, this propaganda to us that the electric cars are zero zero-emission vehicles is a lie.
1: Okay? <laughs> well, they no, don't, it is. They don't even have a tailpipe. How could they have emissions? No, 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 no.
7: <laughs> the car themselves, um, as they're operated, may be, but everything that goes into them to produce them and to power them, for the most part, has a high-carbon footprint. Okay? Yeah. The majority of electricity generated in this country is coal or natural gas. Okay? All emit CO2 into the environment. So if you're going to charge your car with off the electric grid that is powered by that, that increases the footprint of that car, even though they measure zero at the car itself. He explained all that, how Mm -hmm. when they measure the CO2 of a certain thing... Now, he compared this. This is one comparison he made. Uh, A normal vehicle puts out so much CO2 in a year or whatever it was, driving, driving, okay? Because how they measured it, basically, he says they put it in a box, and they... Each vehicle or whatever, they determine how much CO2 that puts out for a given amount of time. He says if you take a horse, you put it in a box, and you measure the CO2, it's basically putting out the same amount of CO2 as a car. Big box. Okay. Well, either way, you you don't understand what I'm saying. That's how they measure it. Yeah. Okay? That's how they measure it. They put it in a box and measured the CO2 that was produced by each thing, that's the, the horse and a car equals out. Now he says the the horse is kind of different because it, it, it balances itself out. Because what's the horse do? The horse eats grass, produces CO two, which grows the grass because the grass you know the grass converts it to oxygen, and the horse breathes in oxygen, and, it, and it's a cycle. But I'm thinking a car uses oxygen, correct, to run because without air, a car will not operate. Okay, mm, and they emit CO2. The CO2 is put back into the system through the trees and all that and produce oxygen, which is run, run back through cars. So basically, it's a circle two,
2: correct? Sounds like one.
7: Yeah, so, you know, and now what he was advocating for right now is hybrid vehicles. You got both. You got, you know, they use both electricity and petroleum products. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, at this point, you know,
1: I, I don't think we're to a point where electric cars have a lower carbon footprint. It's probably about the same until you really get into what, what did you say two hundred thousand miles? And then it starts. Well, to- no,
7: the, the carbon footprint now. He, he, if you watch it, it's a, a TED talk at San Antonio. I don't know how recent it is. Pretty recent. If, if you count everything it took to produce that electric car, from the mining the material for the batteries, right. to produce the car itself, the actual carbon footprint at starting point is higher than the carbon footprint of the f- uh fuel powered field. Right, and then it starts to car. go the
1: other way. Okay. we okay? have to ask and it, it takes s- that many
7: times. So watch it people <laughs> right. and, and, and and listen to him because the guy sounds like a smart guy. Well, this is not a big He's revelation. Not one
1: way or the other. Yeah we this is not a big revelation. I think we've talked about this particularly since all these batteries are are using rare earth minerals, which half of which are mined by people <laughs> whom we don't support that kind of labor uh, tactic. Labor. Slave labor, labor. So. labor Mark slave right. labor you can say it slave slave, child it is slave labor, labor. Well, not all of it is slave labor, but some of it's I not safe mining. So, I mean, honestly, I just think that, you know, elect- and I don't think anybody's saying, hey, electric events, uh, vehicles is the only answer. We can't look at anything else. We should l- lock ourselves where we currently are and go from there. All right, got to go, Steve. Stand- you
7: haven't listened to Biden, have you? <laughs> no, he has. Not Buttigieg. No. Not, not like, you know, like, buy like an you. electric
1: vehicle if you don't like
7: the gas. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, have a good one. Uh, you too.
1: We got a caller waiting. That'll be our last caller of the day, so we'll put the lines on hold. You have to take a and, break. And yep, we'll be right back.
3: There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area.
2: Welcome back to WKFK Live Telephone uh, Talk Show, upper right-hand corner. Joe, that's a shorty. <laughs> Thank you for getting the other thing off the screen. Tom says, I would surmise that since the price of gas around the world is high, that they, too, are pushing electric cars, 65 question marks. More nonsense from the far, 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 <laughs> far, 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 right. <laughs> right. All right, lower right-hand corner. And then uh, people complain about gas prices. Well, look at 1984, under $1. Weekly pay was maybe 200 bucks. Now most weekly pay is $1,000, so sound... Equal to me
1: Alright, yep, yeah, as per inflation Gas prices are much higher now We know that to be true We're paying the real price now, baby Al, you're on the mark, you get a minute
4: Okay, I got a uh, little information About the batteries on the electric cars They're about $22,000 To replace What? And they, Yeah, they're about $22,000 to replace And they, <clears throat> they Aren't guaranteed for more than 100,000 miles on most of them, so if you get two hundred thousand miles out of it, you're doing good. And then anything on the other How side of to it, replacing the last battery collar, would be beneficial. But uh, if you think it's beneficial to have little kids mining these roads that we, <laughs> and
2: Mark's very much in support of little children doing mining work, slave if we slave yeah. labor. <laughs> absolutely.
4: Well, yeah. you've you got to learn young in the mining business uh, because you're not going to last that long. That was a good one, guys.
3: Thanks hey, a lot. Take care, out.
4: Yep, yeah,
1: bye. Uh, let's see. Cost to replace an EV battery from what road is and track. Oh, it just depends. Anywhere from five, wow, five dollars to thirteen thousand dollars. I want the five dollar <laughs> one, please. Five Does to it, thirteen thousand. Right, that's quite a range. So I guess is. it all depends. I didn't catch twenty thousand though. Hey, I'll hey, see you Monday, man. This is WKOK Sunbury.